Welcome to Much More Muchier with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Odd Imagination production. Guys, we are here with performer Mr. Richard, Richard Peoples. You were born in Louisiana, headed to Mississippi. You ended up in Florida. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Kids all the state are just loving you. And to jump right in, I see that you were in, you were in rock bands, first of all. Yep. Honestly, it does seem to lend itself to children's music. I mean, there's been big, huge bands that have done children's albums. How did you get into music in the first place? Um, I, I just had a gene for it, I guess. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, my parents always had the radio on. So, like, um, when I was, you know, the AM radio, I, so I, I was, my DNA is full of all those old 60s and early 70s pop songs like you know three dog night and you know the beatles and whatever was being played you know so um i th- and then i when i was like kindergarten first grade i imagined myself being a, like a host for a music show like ed sullivan was still on when i was little i don't know if you know who that is but uh, uh, a variety show thing so i was just always you know i liked my i liked music time in kindergarten I like playing the sticks, make a loud noise. So you you told your mom you wanted to play drums, and she was like, "Absolutely not." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I well, I had seen. Uh, I always I liked how drums involved all four of your limbs. You know, like it was so active. You know, it was like everything was moving on a person when they played the drums. Uh, and when I was in like fourth grade, there was the, the Partridge Family. It was a new show. This is how you know this is how old I am. And I, the drummer, I thought he looked like me. He had, he had, you know, dark, like a little dark bowl cut. And, he, and I thought, I want to be that guy, you know. So I think that's kind of how the drums were sort of like my first impulse. And I was always drumming on stuff, you know. But um, one night, and I was probably seventh or eighth grade, there was a drum kit set up at our church in the fellowship hall. And I climbed up there and started banging around. And uh, my mom... And stepdad pulled me off of there. Yeah, that's not yours, you know. And uh, but th- that's when she that's when she made that quote. But not no, you're not you're not getting a drum kit. So <laughs> not today. Yeah. yeah. How much of it was to save their sanity with the loud banging, though? <laughs> yeah. Some you know, but some kids do get a drum kit and grow up mm-hmm. to be drummers. So yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I I when I started learning the guitar, I, I wish now I could go back and make my brother get a drum kit. Because he also had the same kind of inclinations, and I think he would have been a good drummer. You know? Yeah. So we, uh, Ed Sullivan. For me, it was like Casey Kasem, and he was a little yeah, bit more- so, yeah, that impresario kind of you know hosting the groups and stuff, and our singers and everything. Yeah. It's so funny. Kira can back back me up on this. We both kind of grew up in a like a really religious household, so secular music wasn't exactly on the menu for oh. me. You're talking about, uh, you know, the Beatles and whatnot. I remember distinctly the four albums that my parents had. They had Neil Diamond, Barry Manilow. Uh, oh, God, what's his name? He was really short. Paul somebody with the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and ABBA. And ABBA, of all things. <laughs> Introduction. That is a white bread set list there. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit more blessed in that my parents listened to secular. So like my dad, my mom was like Boston journey, cheap trick, you know, like those big hair, 
almost like almost vanity like rock bands and then my dad was sitting there like alice cooper (laughs) you know and and you know like you know rush and all of these things so that's like that's where i kind of came from background wise so like i hear anything because i wasn't raised on the beatles or the beach boys i'm sitting here like this is too soft this isn't loud enough this isn't like (laughs) screamy enough this isn't like this enough um and my husband he was you know he was raised on that stuff on the beach boys and things like that and and so like it's it's really a distinctive weird you know mishmash of music that we have in the house now because of that and he's he's taught me how to appreciate you know the older less you know gritty and you know know, music um as as opposed to that um did you have any like uh music theory training or anything like that are you self-taught yeah, no, well, I'm not, I, I took, uh, I can't read music, so I don't know anything about theory, uh, but uh, I did take some guitar lessons, at, you know, when I was, when I first got my guitar, my, well, my mom really, she surprised me, she bought me a guitar sort of uh, out of the blue, she just said, if you, I guess that she could tell I, I was going to do something with music, because I, I every, every day after school, I was listening to my records, and that's all I, that's all I did, all I, did, I bought magazines i was always just reading about it and she asked if i got a guitar would i learn it and i couldn't I thought, what really yeah sure and she said well, if you know you got to practice and and then uh when i got my guitar i just uh i took a few lessons and just kind of went from there other older guy an older guy in my town showed me some stuff on the guitar and i just you know he, he couldn't read either so it's kind of it's it's like the backwards wrong way to learn but you know it, it works out <laughs> i think it's cool as a parent that she didn't necessarily say absolutely not to everything and i think we do do that we do we do that as parents we kind of your kid wants to be in sports well i'm not crazy about football because they could get you know really hurt so maybe yeah. you get them towards baseball so they can still be involved in something in some sort of athleticism your kid wants to be in music you don't want the drum set you're like here's a guitar here's a here's a violin you know it's like <laughs> yeah so instead of just saying flat out no you're not going to be involved in this at all you know here's here's an option i think that's cool yeah at least she was a, a you know didn't didn't try to kill it you know because yeah. it wasn't that wasn't going to happen they were never caused problems you know so go crazy with it yeah how did you come to Florida? Was that the Walt Disney World, or was it that later on? Oh uh, no, I followed a girlfriend down here uh, back in the it was eight, 1987, and then I ended up. She worked at Disney World, so I went there too, and ended up working there. Uh, and I was I, there for about eight years. And were you like a cast member, or did you work the rides? Yeah, yeah, working the rides, the attractions they call it. Yeah, and I kind of moved up into like lower middle management and. Uh, the it, um, the further I got away from uh, the the guests they call them, you know, the visitors, uh, the less I like. It was more about, you know, I mean, it's a it's a it, they, they're there to make money. So it, it, the higher up you go, the more it's about that. And I just kind of got disillusioned with the corporate thing, even though they are as far as I've never worked for one of the uh, another corporation, but I'm, I'm they have uh, I imagine they're probably pretty benign compared to some, some horror stories I've heard, but yeah, I didn't like the corporate mindset and the, 
the rules and stuff and I was just it chafed at it you know so but I was there for eight years and uh, I had more fun with my friends you know I made a lot of good friends that I still have today you know that was the best part are you um perchance and I'm just asking this because of like your mentality on things and and all that are you ADHD do you have ADHD or anything I've never been diagnosed but that's okay distinct possibility yeah because i was sitting and thinking about it because like monotony is a problem and whenever you have people coming in and i'm a very big people person um i could never sit at a desk job every job i've ever had has been like retail or i'm interacting with people yeah because that brings in new and fresh even if it's like a monotonous thing that i'm doing it's bringing in new people into an environment changing it up so i'm never bored Right, um, every day like that. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I was like, I was asking that because that's kind of like the same kind of thing as far as like, you know, being kind of stuck and pigeonholed into like one area where it's just, you, you, you see your soul dying. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was exactly, yeah, that was exactly, yeah. yeah. They had this outside company come on time and said things that Disney people would never say to their employees, but they said, like, if you don't like it, leave. So I was like, okay, Bye. good idea. I'll leave. <laughs> so. Oop, that was a, that was a no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like, and that's the funny thing. Cause like, I'm the same way. And I know pubs probably the same way too. We're very strong individuals. We're very like, you know, don't tell us what we can't do. Cause we're going to yeah. do it. <laughs> don't, don't tell. Yeah. Don't threaten that. And, and don't sit there and say, you know, if you don't like it, leave. And you can be like, all right. Yeah, bye. good idea. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. Hey, why did I think about that myself? Yeah, I should. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, what, that's why uh, being my own boss for the last 20 years has been the best thing, best decision I made. I wish I'd, wish I'd come to that realization when I was, you know, 20 instead of 40, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's it's nice. I don't, I don't have to go to any... Uh, PowerPoint presentations and you know well, like when you like you, when you work somewhere whenever a new person comes in they have to no matter everything's running smooth they got to do something to make their mark so they change stuff and right. not that I, don't, I I'm I can roll with changes but like we already tried that and it doesn't work and now you're doing something we did years ago and uh that's the sort of stuff just uh it's kind of I just you know, rubbed me the wrong way I just didn't yeah. I fit in with that so and the bureaucracy and politics of it all too. It's like yeah, I don't have yeah. I don't have time for that in my life. I don't care. You know? No. Yeah. And you know, in Disney, it's an, it's a it's an it's for entertain it's entertainment. It's fun. Everyone's there to have fun. And then the management is they're getting pressure. And so I just never we, we used to say well you know we're not saving babies here. It's a it's a park. We're having fun. Right. So yeah. I never took it completely seriously. I think that was an issue too. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Let's talk about those PowerPoints and how people don't know how to use them because <laughs> they'll read off of the slide every single word, and it's like, no, those are supposed to be like bullet points, and then you expound upon the bullet points. Yeah, you're supposed to launch that. launch from that thought, into <laughs> right? Something, but yeah. Uh, I feel attacked right now. You know, I don't know how to do PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't either, so don't worry. <laughs> but it's. Funny that going a little bit back, you said that as you got further away from the guests, away from people, the the unhappier you got, yeah. you seem to have, and what you're doing now and have been doing is like 
proof of that, you're a people person. You want to be interacting. You want to, you want that call and response over as a performer. And I can't imagine, I, I don't think I'd be able to like continue performing if I did something and the kids just were like, ah, excited. I would be like, oh my God, that's so cute. You know? <laughs> How did you get into to performing for the littles? But Kira, oh, by the way, Kira has two littles. We don't say names on here. But Kira, they're, how old are they? Five, uh, five and seven? Well, I have five kids. And then I've got the two littles that are um, 10 and eight. I was way off. I'm okay. bad with it. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's fine. It's well, I mean, and you would look at them and I mean, Connor looks like he's five because he's so tiny. Yeah, um, you know, mom is five, three. Dad is like five, five. He's got no chance. <laughs> but it what mr richard does this is something that would be right up their alley right what absolutely that, that aspect of performing you were like kids this is where it's at and let me tell you by the way mr richard you work almost every day of the year it's ridiculous in a great way because you are busy you're at libraries you're at the barnes and nobles you're working so how did you get into that oh uh, well i i got a um uh, job at the Orange County Library System doing children's programming, and the the job title is storyteller, which is more like you know sharing literacy with kids, you know, reading storybooks to the uh, four and five year olds, and then the the little toddlers. You really can't. It has to be very short. There's a lot of activity and stuff. But I just uh, uh, when I when I got that job, I asked them at the interview. I said, "Could I bring my guitar and, and do some songs?" And I'm like, "Oh, sure." And and uh that became like part of, uh, part of my, with the older kids, the toddlers tried to help. There was too much grabbing the guitar. So I had to only did it for like the three to five year olds, but, um, they, uh, I got, I, I started out doing regular, you know, old McDonald and stuff that everybody knows. And I just kind of got bored with that real quick. And I started, I found some, uh, I don't think the library has CDs anymore, but they had children's <laughs> CDs. And I found some that were, uh, the music was really good. Like, they, they were there was a lot of attention paid to it, it wasn't just all boop, 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 you know like baby shark sort of stuff it was like uh, arrangements and you know with full instrumentation and catchy choruses and it reminded me of the of uh, uh the am radio that i kind of grew up on you know it's that nice that pop happy up-tempo stuff and so i just started writing my own stuff uh at the at the library and when i left there i had i knew enough people and families in central florida because the library has uh, like 14 branches and maybe more now. I think they have like 16, but um, they, I, I knew enough families and stuff that I immediately went to work. I landed on my feet and just didn't look back. You know, they, they kept me busy doing stuff. And uh, I, I never really thought about, I always liked kids. I used to work in children's theater some when I was young and, uh, uh, but I never thought about performing for them, you know, but then once I, once I got the, their reactions and stuff at the library, uh, my girlfriend, who be later became my wife, you know, said, well, you just, just, you know, you could just do this full time. And she inspired me to do that, to leave the library and uh, go on my own. So it's uh, it, because they're, they're just uh, like you said, they get they get crazy. And then I get to turn them back over to their moms to deal with that energy that I've helped yeah. blow up. <laughs> But but I, but they're they're so they're the best audience ever. You know that they're not on their cell phones. They're not talking. They're focused and they dance. You know if they feel it, they get up and they dance. And so 
anytime I've had another musician play with me who's used to playing in clubs and stuff, they always say, these guys are great. You know, they're not, they're not all talking to each other and, you know, they're paying attention and they, they yeah. love it. You know, so yeah. You miss that when you, when you, when you, it used to not be that way years ago, but with technology now that half the audience is, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Or filming it, like, or shooting, you know, videoing it. Like, why don't you just, uh, it, I never do that because I like, I'm experiencing the actual live vibes coming off the person. I don't want to look through a, my phone mm -hmm. and relive it later. I feel like I'll miss something. I don't know. Sides of that because I get the idea of wanting to capture it for, you know, for posterity <laughs> to show, put on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but also be in the moment. And you're right about kids being a great audience. Not just that, but they're like the perfect test group. Because <laughs> if something is a dud, you know right away. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they're looking out the window and you're like, okay, this one's not working. Yeah, like when I do, when I do every, I never have like a set list. I start off with an, a hello introductory song that I always start with. And by the end of that, I can kind of tell where I need to go. Keep it up tempo and let's dance or let's work up to that. You know, I just, I, I don't really, sometimes I'll go to a library and I'll say, what are you going to do? And I'll go, well, let's see, let's see what happens. Cause the energy I get, I, I, I send it back and then we all work with it together. You know, if it's low key, I'll stay low key and then slowly step, step them up to higher energy, you know? So. And you definitely have to like, you can tell if this kid's been dragged around on errands for five hours, he did, yeah. he just quiet spot to cool off from the heat or. I think that's a, a form of empathy with your with your performance. Get to know the audience and know that this is what they need at this moment. That's cool. Yeah, it's just something you kind of learn doing it, you know. Because I've seen, you see people like stick to the program and then it's not working. They try harder and then they just lose the audience. So I understand if it's chronological and you have to, like a teacher has to start math here and go there but you know i i'm not restricted that way i can just oh that's not working all right let's well, forget it we'll do this you know try this how you like this well and it's like and when his his or her jokes aren't landing and they just keep trying to push it and we're like it's it's not even just no longer funny now it's painful yeah, I don't know right <laughs> yeah on tv i want to leave but yeah <laughs> i noticed that uh you worked with uh, was it Jimbo from Squirrel Nut Zippers? That's but sorry, kids, family friendly. <laughs> Beep. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah, he's an old friend of mine. <laughs> uh, well, we we went to the. I'm about five years older than Jimbo. We went to the same high school. Grew up in the same little town. Uh, my family moved to Mississippi when I was in sixth grade, and I finished high school there. And he went to the same school. We're still in touch and stuff. I see him whenever. He, I always get free passes when the Squirrel Nut Zippers come to town. But um, yeah, and he had a studio in, um, uh, in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And when I was, I was writing my first songs and he got all excited about it. He said, when you finish, when you get like 10 songs, you know, let's I'll, come to my studio, we'll record it. So he and I and another friend did all the, played all the instruments and, and made, a, made my first record in like two days, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I know I had the name of the album. What was the name of the album? Uh, that one was called Might As Well Sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one, that, yeah. And I think that it's like kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of a funny way too, because you're like, like you were talking about, leave the job and your, your girlfriend now wife is like, might as well, might as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what the 
up next for you? When's your next performance? When can people see you? Uh, today at 115, I'm playing for Lake Cypress Summer Camp. <laughs> see, I don't, my next public thing is uh, Monday um, at the Barnes & Noble on Colonial Drive. I'm playing. Uh, they've just now had me back after th three years from the, after the pandemic. And they scheduled me like six times. They were like making up for uh, being gone for three years. But yeah, it's, uh, it's slowly coming back from the, uh, after all that stuff, there's still a lot of, a lot of places kind of like, uh, oh, we don't have to do that anymore because there's people not used to it anymore. So you kind of have to, a couple of places I've had to like talk them into it. Like, remember, we used to have all that fun and all the people came and people come into your business and, you know, buy stuff and, oh yeah, you know, so. They kind of have to be reminded. They've gotten, used to, they've gotten used to be like, we don't have to deal. We, we do everything drive through or order in or whatever, whatever it is they do. You know, everything's, and there's always going to be a lot of that, I think, from now on. But um, I've got, I, I'm not, I'm still not playing quite as much as I was before the, the pandemic, but it's, it's getting better. You know? Yeah. As a mom who has multiple times been, had the kids somewhere, if it's at a Barnes and Noble, like I'm on the shelf. I'm looking at the books. I'm going to end up buying something. Just like you said, I'm going to end up buying a coffee. I'm going to get the kid a scone or a cake pop or whatever. At the You're bringing in a crowd and it's maybe a crowd that might've already been there, but probably not. These people are coming specifically to see you. Yeah. What's what I've always been really lucky is word of mouth stuff. You know, like I do some marketing with uh, postcards and stuff uh, for all the schools and preschools, but you know, my best, the best advertising is some mom saying, Hey, my kids love this. You should go, or you should have him at your birthday party or whatever it is. I've, I've got, I got a lot of, you know, business that way, which is the best, you know, you can't, you can't argue with that, you, you know, free publicity. So. Wait, I about you, my son, my son, my little is uh, obsessed with spectrum news and they did a, they did a spotlight on you. And I said, hold up, who is this person? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, when was that? I didn't even know. It was, well, probably the day I reached out to you. <laughs> oh, okay. Spectrum News. That, you didn't know you? No one told me, you know. <laughs> oh, you need to call them up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, free publicity. I don't even know. That's good. At least it was good coverage. It was good coverage. Yeah, well, yeah, good. <laughs> we haven't even yeah. talked about Park Ranger. I mean, you've been and done so many not random but like different things you've been in the corporate world uh, you've been in the, the the entertainment world you've been in the guest services world and you've been out in the wide world uh, just are you are you settling down or do you think there's still oh uh, uh, yeah that's what they used to call a checkered past but i have no i'm i it took me a while to um i don't know you know of course like any young dude in high school i wanted to be a rock in a rock band you know and, and and have records and stuff and uh that that didn't really work out but now i'm, do, I'm doing that now you know like i was i was like a late bloomer in that respect yeah so but yeah i, I, I i'm in, i'm interested in a lot of things so you know i was I've, i worked in landscaping uh and i when i was in high school i worked in construction in the summers which is just grunt work you know but then when I got a landscaping job, it was totally different because when you get done, you've got something, you've made something beautiful. You know, even if you're just maintaining it or if you install like someone's a flower bed at someone's house, 
and stuff. And I, I really got a lot of satisfaction out of that. Uh, but, uh, and I, and I like to, and I, I've always been interested in, uh, you know, the outdoors, nature and stuff. So the park ranger was a great job. That was a great gig to get. I did that for two summers out in Colorado. Wow. Yeah. I, at first I thought, well, I'll just see if I can get a job at a, a it was when I had, I left Disney and I was a screen printer for a while and I didn't want to do that. And then I was going to look for a job in the, uh, you know, like nearby in like a Florida state park system. And I thought, well, why not just shoot for the major leagues? And so, you know, I got a job in the national park service, which is, you know. And that's, that's Colorado. That's bears. That's uh, what, not mountain lions, but big cats, bears. No, they got mountain lions. They do, yeah. They they got, I never saw them, but they have them. Yeah, they got them. <laughs> yeah, no alligators. No alligators. No. <laughs> I love the fact that you're bringing this in at a time where things like this are under attack. <laughs> you know, like books and you know, just yeah. I mean, it's just um, right now the creative side of just humanity is is being under attack and i think that it's lovely that you're bringing yourself to this you're you're lifting up other kids you're helping guide them um in a manner that speaks to their heart and soul because of melody and it's fantastic yeah well thank you yeah i i, I sometimes i will sometimes as a joke to the adults i'll apologize for the song's not having any moral or educational content, you know, but uh, I, I just think we don't, we don't listen to music unless we're looking for something certain. We don't listen to music to be instructed and get angry and thoughtful. It's, it's mostly to dance or have, you know, laugh or, or you know, just the, if a good, if you got a good catchy melody, it sticks in your head. And, uh, you know, I'm guilty of that. And sometimes grownups will, will come up, and say, you know, I've got that, I've got that bird song stuck in my head. Thank you. You know, <laughs> well, that's what I do. And I, I've always been like the, I love the idea of uh, uh, every, every time we get together in a group to have music, to listen to someone or to sing together, each situation is unique. And uh, some of them are get out, of, get out of control crazy and some of them are more subdued. But it's every time it happens, it only happens at one time. You know, that, that's never going to be recreated exactly the same, uh, depending on who's there, you know, and what, and what they're, what they bring to it, what their experience or what, how their day's going so far. You know, they, at once I, I usually, I, I look for, I love, I wish I, I wish I had like four gigs a day because that's when I'm at my best. Uh, I feel the most alive when I'm, you know, I've got the kids dancing around my feet and stuff and singing along. Uh, and some once in a while, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I just don't, I don't, I'm not with it today. But they, every time, it doesn't take but a, a minute or two, they've got me back where I'm supposed to be. Just their little happy faces, and they're so ready for anything. They don't, they don't, they don't come with any preconceived notions. They just, you know, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's good for me too. <laughs> right. That's what I love about children i mean i've got five of them and they're great and if i could afford or my body could take having more i would but um that's the thing is like they see the best in everything they do because the world hasn't you know belittled them and beat them down and 
all of that. So they've got like this beautiful curiosity. They've got this zest and zeal for life. Um, they've got just this uninhibited joy. And it's so, it is the best thing that you could ever have if you're having a bad day. If you're, if you're depressed or you're down, just go find some kids. And, and that sounds really <laughs> wrong, but don't go find some kids. But I mean, <laughs> <You're right>. but, <laughs> but, but latch on to their energy. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so bad. Yeah. They're, they're, they're there. You know, it's all, it's, they're so honest, you know, it's just like, you know, yay, whatever's going on. You know, they're, they're happy. And if they don't, they'll let you know that too. That's yeah. you know, like we we're talking before. I just, okay, I got to shift gears. This, this is, they don't like this one or whatever. Well, so. Kira, to, to fix what you said, <laughs> go and find something that brings you the joy and energy that kids experience at these shows. Open yourself up to, to experiencing that contagious energy and happiness. You know, don't be closed off. Don't be a stuffy old adult. Well, and see, thank you. See, this is why we work well together, because then I say something and you're like, no, 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 no. This is what she really means. <laughs> I appreciate you. I, I get it. We as humans are so, I don't want to use the word impressionable, but we kind of are, we react to what we're surrounded by. If you're surrounded by happiness, if you're surrounded by puppies, that's how you're going to. So yeah, just enjoy it and sing. You might as well, right? Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you can get more information about Mr. Richard and the Pound Hounds, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, but we will next time at mrrichard.net. You can find out songs. Gar the one about the garbage man is my favorite. You want to talk about catchy and, you know, the hook. Nothing wrong with uh, uh, being a catchy tune or having, unless it becomes an earworm and then I have issues. But the minute you said partridge, <laughs> I had happy in my head. That's the mark of a true song. I mean, how old is that show and that song, right? Yeah. 50 plus? 50 years, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I used to, when I didn't have enough material for a whole show, I used to do Get Happy. Did you? Oh, yeah, oh. it's a great song, yeah. That was, that was a great show. I remember, I think I saw, probably saw the reruns of it, but uh, Danny Bonaducci, wasn't he the drummer? Or was that one, one of the other brothers? He was the bass player, yeah. Okay. It was, it was, what was funny was the, the drummer, the first year, it was the one I was telling you about, he had dark hair like I did. I don't anymore. But uh, and then the next so at some point he became a different kid with blonde hair. I don't know what happened. I looked it up later. Like the kid moved from Los Angeles or something and they just they didn't even like they just got another kid. Didn't even look anything like him. Just same name. Like it was kind of puzzling, but they don't expect uh, TV audiences to pay that much attention, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I did. Then I did then he wasn't you know I didn't feel that same connection with him. <laughs> so Get more information on Mr. Richard, mrrichard.net. Can people follow you on social media? Is there? Yes, I have uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook, and they're both under uh, Mr. Richard and the Pound Hounds, which is my trio. That whenever I don't, we don't play as much as we would like. Uh, people don't want to pay for it, but uh, we, we, we do we have a it's, it's so much fun with a band. I have a my bass player is a, a woman named Rachel, and she she sings all the uh. Uh, harmony vocals on my songs on the recordings and i just like for girls to see a woman rocking out you know playing uh, you know she's she you know let them know girls can do it too you know yeah, oh, yeah. that's what i liked about joan jett it's it's amazing yeah, bad yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she's the joan jett because i was like in my head i was like joan jett pat benatar <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. 
that was the first I knew that women could sing like that. What was my, 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 uh, my measuring, <laughs> you know, my measuring uh, board or whatever to that was Karen Carpenter. <laughs> yeah. Not exactly you know? a rocker, but you know, <laughs> Well, we talked about early on the, the albums. I forgot the Carpenters, but you know, if Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, and you know Rachel that plays in your group, it's definitely something for kids that think you know girls specifically that think, oh, I have to sing like Taylor Swift. No offense, we love Taylor Swift, but I have to sing soft like this. I have to sing soft like that. And those you know people like Pat and Joan, and I'm forgetting the other one. Uh, what's her name? Lita Ford. People like that. They opened up those doors to women that could rock out, in my opinion. <laughs> Me too. When I, in the early, in the 80s, I was kind of a closet Go-Go's fan. I didn't want my guy friends to know, but I loved the Go-Go's. Like, they, they, were, they were such a great pop rock band, you know. I still like them, you know. They were, and I had a crush on most of them too, so there's that. <laughs> they were a great pop band. <laughs> or. I mean, it was just kind of like up until that point, it was like, we're supposed to be soft. We're supposed to only sing romantic songs. You yeah. forget about you broke my heart and I'm pissed off about it. You know? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. And luckily there's, 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 uh, there's uh, so many female singers now, you know, but the music scene is so fragmented. Now you have to kind of look for stuff. You know, there's not, it's not like it was when we were kids or you had, you know, you saw MTV and you got, you saw these same people presented yeah. to you and now there's all these great people that you know uh may not be popular household names but they're you know amazing musicians you know that there's plenty of, and there's plenty of women role models out there they just have to kind of dig now a little bit and one of them rachel who sings with you and harley i believe is the other yeah harley yeah, and harley also does uh he entertains children too, like me with the guitar, but he's kind of a multi-instrumentalist, but he plays drums with my group. Yeah. Because your mom wouldn't let you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he got, his mom was nice. No. <laughs> no. That's no. awesome. Here, you got any final questions for Mr. Richard, except when is he coming to Texas? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you feel like traveling, <laughs> I'll do some promotion here because I'm in the D oh, DFW yeah, area. It'll be great. Oh um, uh, yeah, well, I have a, I I did play there one time. I did a little tour there years ago. One of my best friends from high school is a lawyer in Dallas. Oh, okay. And, uh, my stepmom's family—they're all from Fort Worth. So I, I ended up doing about a week there, and then we went to the Austin City Limits Festival. You ever go to that? That's a good. Mm -hmm. I've trip. been there. Yeah. It's such a good thing. Yeah. Oh, well, you should come back to Dallas in Fort Worth. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm happy to. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming. It's been a yeah, joy. Thanks for me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and go go check out your uh your or not your interview, your your spotlight on Spectrum News that you didn't know about. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Spectrum News, okay. You have a wonderful day. Yeah. Thank you, you too. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination, and the podcasts that we host on our website, 
you can visit autimagination.org. A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N dot O.